everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason. And that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by Comic Book Click. And as you know, I am never alone, sir. Introduce yourself. I am Dan the Comic Man, ladies and gentlemen. We got Dan the Comic Man back in studio. Uh, this it feels is, great to be back. Oh, this is a momentous episode because we are going to be tackling the Merc with the Mouth, the winner of the 2016 CBC Award for Best Debut. Captain Deadpool. Yeah, nah, Deadpool. Just Deadpool. Just Deadpool. Just Deadpool. The Merc with the Mouth who's having, who ha- has a sequel on deck, which we'll have a full review of on the next episode of Major Issues. But this one, we decided to do a little background for the Merc with the Mouth, for Wade Wilson, for Deadpool, to kind of refresh our memories about this character, uh, the direction that they were going in in the previous film, and where we think he's going to end up in the next. We did some trailer talk last week uh, dissecting the Deadpool trailer. And a little tidbit that uh, I forgot about, I will also include in this podcast about the Deadpool trailer as far as speculation is concerned. But then... What is your history with the Merc with the Mouth? Are you a fan of Deadpool? Well, listen, I thought before we even start this whole thing, I just want to let everybody in comic book land out there know that we have lost a great person, a great actress, Margot Kidder, passed away today at around 12.30 p.m. afternoon. Oh, yeah. Our Lois Lane from the Richard Donner Supermans. And I just thought I'd let everybody know that I want to pay my respects to her. You know, we usually do these uh, episodes uh, earlier earlier on in the week to make sure that we have enough clearance to uh, have them out every Wednesday for you clickers at home. But uh, this one we decided to do a little bit later and for good reason, not for good reason, but we lucked out because we do get to pay our respects to Margot Kidder, uh, who did pass away today, Monday, uh, the 14th, which is when this is being recorded. Margot Kidder is my favorite Lois Lane. My favorite Lois Lane, I have been on record. She is our Lois Lane. That's why I've been saying it lately. She is our Lois Lane. I've heard, you know, uh, she's had her battles with, um, well, everything. Same for Carrie Fisher. They both went down, like, the same road. You know, but when I think of Lois Lane, I think of the hard-drinking, hard-smoking, you know, uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter, the one who doesn't take... Uh, no for an answer. The one that bosses Perry White around. The one that, in Superman 2, figures out that Clark Kent is Superman. Right off the bat. Gets it. You know, figures that out. Um, she, her appearance obviously started to dwindle over the years because of all her uh, problems and her demons. But now she rests. She finally rests. Um, and I just wanted to pay my respects. I do believe that she is the best Lois Lane, at least live action is concerned. Um, and she's going to have some big shoes to fill. I don't really think Amy Adams is doing it right now. Uh, uh, I've tr- I've actually tried to like Amy Adams, but I just can't. I just wish Amy was more Margot in the sense of knowing that you are a value to the Daily Planet, knowing that That's you are like, no to the for an answer and uh, just a little bit more uh, rough around the edges. Don't get me wrong. She is a great, like, her, as far as the role goes, the way the actress plays her, she plays a very confident, very strong-willed Lois, you know? Yeah. But it's just when I think of Lois, I don't think of someone who can match Superman in manly wits. I think of someone who's there to just, Keep him humanized. Yeah. And Margot Kidder did an amazing job by keeping Superman humanized. Right. And, uh, you know, she she rests now. And so we would like to pay our respects to Miss Kidder. 
what what a life led, what a character played. May you rest in peace. Now, from that from that little gloomy uh, segue, we go, go back yeah, on. Let's get happy. Let's get back to joking. Let's break some. Well, we're breaking all the fourth walls. Let's break sixteen walls, like Deadpool did in his film, by uh, giving a little backstory. I'll go ahead and I'll say that um, I have been following Deadpool for quite some time, but I never really followed his issue to issue run. I grabbed almost every side book that the guy had. Um, and with titles like Deadpool Kills Deadpool or Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe or Deadpool versus Thanos or Deadpool Dead- Illustrated. Deadpool Illustrated, Deadpool versus Carnage. These titles and some of these covers were so extraordinary that you had to read them just on pure curiosity. And the first thing that you realize when you are tackling a Deadpool comic is that this guy has a very unique voice and when they talk about voice in comic they just mean how the character speaks how he thinks what's going on in his head and what ends up happening a lot of times is you know these characters get handed from creative to creative team and uh i don't really feel like deadpool ever lost his voice depending on regardless of who was writing for him he was always uh, they always kept true to who deadpool was doesn't matter who the writers or Produce, uh, not produce. Whoever the writers and illustrators were, they always managed to make sure that he was the merc with the mouth. They always managed to make sure that he was witty. He broke the fourth wall. He would literally. There's a panel I remember. I'll never forget it. There was literally a panel where he opens the comic book of his own comic book and says, "Just go to the skip to the end. You're not going to really care about this." Like <laughs> that stuff right. is great, and that's why I've always liked Deadpool as a character. But I didn't know too much about him. And it wasn't until someone sat me down and said, here, here's my copy of Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe in full. Read it. And I tell you, when I read Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, I fell in love with this character. It was great. There isn't, there's fourth wall breaking, and then there's Deadpool literally killing his own in creators. Yeah, at, 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 that's a, that's like, a Spoiler cool. alert. Yeah. At the end of Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, he literally goes into Swamp Thing and transfers into the real world where yeah. he ends up at the last panel walking uh, like about to kill his own writers yeah, his own and writers. illustrators that was man thing i believe because swamp is uh old dc oh yeah, but yeah man, man thing swamp thing. he that he takes on taskmaster in that he fights spider-man he fights the fantastic four i won't give too many spoilers out there no, because that's this is a comic you have to read yes, yes that's definitely one of the reading recommendations as far as deadpool is concerned if you if you don't know anything about well Oh, you've seen the movie. Everyone's seen the movie. But if you don't have a uh, comic book background on Deadpool, it's definitely one of the comics you can grab because it's non-canonical, meaning it doesn't uh, take place in the actual 616 universe um, because all these characters are alive. But <laughs> it the- does lead into uh, Deadpool Killustrated and then Deadpool Kills Deadpool. It's like, right, it, which it's is a- called the Killogy? I think the trilogy, trilogy. I think it's called. But, and the, the, definitely read the Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe first. But if you happen to stumble upon a Deadpool Illustrated, I highly suggest it. It's basically just Deadpool going into different literature, like Charles Dickens books and Mark Twain books, and killing famous characters like uh, Captain Ahab and uh, Mar- and um, what's his name, the kid that does the painting. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, which kid? Huckleberry Finn. Ah, Tom Sawyer. He, yeah, yeah, he yeah, ends yeah. up killing Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. But I don't want to give too much away. Just Deadpool, Illustrated, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe needs to be read if you're not a Deadpool fan yet. I also am a humongous fan of the Deadpool game. 
I played the Deadpool game. Uh, I've beaten it several times. That's not a bragging thing. I just mean to say that I enjoyed it so much that I played it several oh, times. Um, constant fourth wall breaks in there. A lot of fun with Cable. A lot of fun with uh, those X-Men characters. And um, that's the thing about Deadpool is that you can literally drop him in any any backdrop, an Avengers backdrop, an X-Men backdrop, which is more his uh, style. But literally put him on any team and he... He's gonna he's gonna produce. I think he does join the Uncanny Avengers eventually, uh, which goes to show how many teams have uh, sported good old Wade Wilson no, on it. Deadpool has been honestly a, if not all, a lot of the Marvel teams in comic books. He's been a part of the X Men. He's been a part of the X Force or the X Factor, whichever one they're called. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's been a part. He's been a part of Avengers and uh, you know, Uncanny or not, doesn't matter. Like, so this is a guy that you don't particularly want to work with but you have to work with yeah. remember taskmaster one of my favorite villains can memorize your fight patterns he knows how you move he can't fight deadpool to save his life yeah because he, he's too unpredictable he, exactly he has said that deadpool is unpredictable when we uh well yeah when we talk about deadpool a lot of it like i said again it, it is his fourth wall breaking it is his um you know sometimes adult jokes adult humor uh, a lot of his aspects of his character, his history, characters, his supporting characters are is pretty dark. That's something that they've never shied away from in the comics. But then we got, you know, inklings, rumors, whispers that they might be considering doing a Deadpool film. And prior to that, the only Deadpool we had gotten was Deadpool from X Men Origins Wolverine, and that's not the greatest comic book movie. What was your impression of Deadpool from X Men Origins Wolverine? I remember. Watching the film, I remember uh, remembering Deadpool, and then you know you see those blades come out of his out of his hands. This single single, I bet I guess they're supposed to replicate his katanas, but like Wolverine, he looked he, like a baraka <laughs> with no mouth. Yeah, he. I think that it was supposed to be his katanas, but literally, uh, just a single blade comes out of both of his hands, and uh, they sewed his mouth shut. And I remember thinking, and he has like chemical burns on his eyes to replicate like the black yeah. stuff in the mask. It was very weird. And I kept thinking like, oh, well, we but we lived in a world, especially that world then, where uh, a lot of the comic book properties were uh, taking liberties with these characters and converting them to movie-friendly, uh, movie-friendly characters, I guess yeah, you Yeah, but say. if you're going to cast someone to play Wade Wilson in your movie, don't sew his mouth shut. Yeah. I will forgive the the burns on his eyes to look like his mask. I will forgive the katanas coming out and the teleporter. The only reason why I will actually forgive the teleporter is because he has one in his utility belt. Yes. So I will forgive stuff like what that. What about the laser eyes? Laser eye Deadpool. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of different Deadpools out there. There's a pig Deadpool in the, yeah. in the comics. There's yeah, a girl yeah. Deadpool, you know? Like, so. You know, t- now that you mention all of that, I wonder if they've ever considered having the... Deadpool you know, Pool well, appear in one of the comics as an alternate version of Deadpool. I've seen a lot of fan art of of Pool with the Deadpool from that of the last recent years, last two years. Yeah, and I think they should do something like that because they still have the Deadpool family. So just right. just bring us like a Barack, bring us the Baraka Pool, but make it like a little one-off joke. Like no, 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 no. You stay back there. Yeah, you're the outcast. I have we a, don't like you. I have a um shirt. With Barakapool and the real Deadpool behind him, giving him the bunny ears like he, they're taking a picture. I had to get it, and um, yeah. So we start to think like, well, we've seen Deadpool. What could we possibly 
what can we possibly get from a Deadpool feature film? Um, especially if it's from the same studio that gave us X-Men Origins Wolverine. A lot of people started to wonder if the Deadpool movie would be good at all. And um, the only thing that we had gotten tipped off to was a piece of experimental test footage. Which was actually directed by Tim Miller. So I, I personally think Tim Miller released that footage. Yeah, the rumor goes that uh, Ryan Reynolds, after the failed um, X-Men Origins Wolverine and his uh, portrayal of Deadpool, he still really wanted to play that character. And he still was very much, you know, uh, trying to go forward with a solo Deadpool project. But... Studios weren't buying it, and Deadpool is kind of a hostile property when you consider. Oh, this is a rated R comic book movie. Like, how are we supposed to get kids to see this? Exactly, and, and still that's ma- where the money. How comes, are we? Right? How are kids not supposed to see this? And we still make our money. Exactly, kids are the main are the main demographic of ticket sales. And do- and I mean, I'll say it, even though you're not a humongous fan of it, but we don't even get something like Logan without Deadpool. Because Truth. The, the idea of the R-rated superhero film that wasn't about vampires, uh, you know, or, or, or Spawn, like that, yeah, um, didn't exist. And so you have Ryan Reynolds with the strength of just fan support. The test footage leaks, quote unquote, and majority of it is the highway scene that yeah, we just see that whole in opening. the beginning of, of uh, the Deadpool film. Which I'm glad they kept that in as kind of a homage. Because yeah, when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, yes, they really kept the test footage. Right, and it, it made you feel like you saw part of the movie before seeing the movie. You know, it made... And uh, it, was Ryan Reynolds jo- it was Ryan Reynolds' voice, and the jokes were hilarious. Yeah, they were. Crimes the disease, meet the cure. Yeah, um, I am... Uh, he says I'm Deadpool in Spanish, which I forget. Oh, yeah, he's like, uh, hola, me llamo se something, however you say it's pool. And so he says pool of the dead. Yeah, all my Spanish listeners right now are cursing me out for not oh, especially knowing me. the, the, yeah. the uh, pronunciation. I know uh, muerte is yeah, death. Yeah, That's all I know, that, right? but I don't know what the what pool in Spanish is. Oh, there you go. Ah, somebody knows it. But I digress. Go ahead, right, go ahead and write in. Break break our fourth wall and let us know what that <laughs> is. Um, yeah, but you you see the test footage. It's all hilarious. The action is all in there. And then um, you hear more smatterings that this thing is actually going to end up happening, that Tim Miller... A, person with no film history literally on his resume. I, did, I didn't know anything that this guy does i i found out later on that he all he mostly did was uh like um cutscenes for video games or video game commercials like trailers for the batman game and so stuff then like that, that actually makes more sense of why tim miller's absence from deadpool 2 is gonna be felt because tim miller his his style was thrown into that script and his style was thrown into the direction. And a lot of that charm and the witty nature came from Tim Miller. Yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds acting, but you know, Tim Miller did a lot of the edits for this. He did a lot of the cuts. So he it's gonna be a very lost I'm gonna feel the loss yeah, in the, Deadpool 2 the, without him. The movie was uh, written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds credits them and, and Tim Miller as being the forces that have for six years, they say. Pushed and pushed and oh, no, pushed those, for this I heard film those writers, made. those writers along with Ryan Reynolds, have been pushing. And uh, I also found out that I mean, when you talk about the um, the problems with big studios and stuff like that, I found out that uh, 20th Century Fox refused to pay the writers of the film to be on set and make sure that everything was according to plan. So Ryan Reynolds gave the money out of his own pocket because they were instrumental in getting the film even created in the first place and it just goes to show you how ryan reynolds will go to bat uh for he's really taking like like this role is like his iron man his wolverine like he's really like 
appreciating the fact that he got a chance to be the, to be this guy. Because remember, Ryan Reynolds, uh, come like 1999, 2002, you're looking at movies like Buying the Cow, Van Wilder. Yeah, and I think Van Wilder, I think majority with Van Wilder, he kind of got typecast from then on. Yeah, it, that's what it was. Because he had a little cameo in Buying the Cow, and it was kind of like his, his uh, Van Wilder stage. But once Va- National Lampoon's Van Wilder hit, that was it. Ryan Reynolds was typecasted as... The twenty-year-old party guy, sex-crazed maniac. You know, you know. Now you're saying all this. You know who's the first thing that who, who's the first name that came to mind when you said all that? Chris yeah. Evans. Remember, not another team movie, and then yes. and then even Human Torch. He was playing jokey twenty-something. So I cute. always imagine my my Johnny Storm would be like that. But yeah, Chris, Chris Evans was kind of typecasted for a while, and I think it was really the Captain. I don't. I wouldn't want to fully credit Captain America for breaking it. I want to honestly. I know it's not a comic book movie. I say Snowpiercer really put this man on like people's eyes, not on the map, but in people's eyes. People were like, "Wow, this guy can go from playing a a, a teen parody movie to a bad guy in a comic book movie, Scott Pilgrim versus the World," to this. Well, it's important. It's important that you that you brought that up. And this this uh, podcast is going to be as schizophrenic as Deadpool himself because I'm going to be jumping all, all over all kinds of topics. Oh, let's because, do it, baby! Because we got this. you mentioned you mentioned um, Snowpiercer for yes. Chris Evans, and so a movie like Snowpiercer or other films that you see like or like where you say The Dark Knight for Heath Ledger, it shows you what happens when material and director, the right material and the right director meet the uh, the right actor for, for a role and how all that ends up coming to be. With that, I would like to bring up the idea of explain what uh, fans mean when they say superhero redemption. What Superhero redemption to me is uh, Ben Affleck when he played Daredevil in 2003. Uh, I personally like the movie, but I digress. But then... People were like, "This isn't an actor. He screwed up dead. He screwed up Daredevil." And then he started coming out with these other actual movies that weren't comic book that people just hated because he messed up Daredevil. And then we get him casted as Batman, who I think did an amazing job. As I don't yeah, he care, was good, he was a good Bruce. That is superhero redemption. Guys like Chris Evans, who played Johnny Storm and then played Captain America, that's superhero redemption. For some of you younger fans, uh, Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, who was uh, yes. the Human Torch. Superhero redemption. So it's the idea that you play one failed superhero or multiple sometimes, right? Chris Evans was also in Losers, The Losers, and I stuff like that. I, not not that that was a fail, but it's not like his portrayal in that was like, oh, we need that guy for Avengers. You know what I'm saying? True, true. So um, it's the idea that you, just because you had a less than stellar performance as a superhero in a property doesn't mean that you can't try again you doesn't mean you can't redeem yourself and ryan reynolds is at the top of that list because of his portrayal uh, uh as uh, wade wilson in deadpool and then he, he he redeems himself because of green lantern i that was what i was gonna bring up next green lantern green lantern with the was green credited, eyes and the animated suit i don't know if you were familiar with this but green lantern was credited as being supposedly the first step in creating the DCEU, the DC. Actually, I knew that. Universe. Yes, that was that. That was this was before Man of Steel. This was supposed to be what led into everything. And so the failure of this movie, seemingly now on the shoulders of Ryan Reynolds again, I'll say, uh, the failure of this movie to capitalize on the popularity of the actual character, uh, stalled DC to the point kind of where they are now, right? That, I, I don't know how fair that is to say, but I would say that you know. No, uh, it's 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 very fair because you can tell 
the ro- you can see the foreshadowing of DC EU's career yeah. from Green Lantern. Because after Green Lantern, we got Man of Steel. Right. Me, I personally like the movie, but it's not critically panned well. It's not, this isn't their Superman. This is a dark and brooding Superman that no one's ever seen before, and they don't like that. And then you get Dawn, uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Again, a movie I liked for a lot of the storyline, but a movie that was either boring or jarring. And then, Well, you know, had Green Lantern taken off, we probably would have seen a very different DCEU. We would never have gotten Deadpool. Um... Well, that's also I don't think that's also true because he would have been tied up. He would have been tied up in a bunch of stuff. Because right now, how Deadpool two is being like released Friday, their Justice League, he would have been in their Justice League and have to start filming for a second part. Right, but I also think that the that the tone would be would have been a lot more um, upbeat, like like how Green Lantern was. I think that the only reason why the DCEU is dark now is because Green Lantern comes out not too far from Dark Knight Rises. And this is your theory. Yes, Dark Knight Rises and the Dark Knight trilogy made them bunch of money green lantern didn't so when looking at those two paths to take on where you're going to take superman do you do it the green lantern way or do you do it the batman way they didn't want to do it the batman way but batman makes money so they go get that guy (laughs) who did those and then it became just a critical flop anyway and then but then it became just chasing that high of the dark knight trilogy and legit still to this day that's the problem with a lot of movies and it's not just dc i see it a lot with marvel too Everybody since 2008 has been trying to be the Dark Knight. Chasing after that dream, man, because that was a high. That's a look high at, for the look comic Iron book Man 3. franchise. Look at fucking uh, Iron Man 3. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Man 3 and 2. Even 2 was pretty it was pretty darker. Yeah. Like, look at, you know, the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. That's dark. Look at Avengers Age of Ultron. That's dark. Like, a lot of these movies want to be what they shouldn't be. Right. And think, thinking that that's the only thing that sells. So, with Deadpool, um, you know, the film coming out and us worrying about this superhero redemption and us worrying about where they were going to take this character. First thing that we got was what I would call A-plus promotional material for this thing. A-plus. Even Dead... I think Deadpool 2's promotion is a lot better than the promotion for the first one because now they know where they can go with this. Yeah. They have a video of him apologizing to David Beckham. Yeah, I've seen it. Like, that is great. I all all the posters are was hilarious. I'm talking more about the first one, but all the posters were hilarious. The commercials, the commercial spots, the TV spots, all really really funny. Um, and I believe even in the first trailer, he he breaks the fourth wall to kind of let you know what kind of movie it's, it's gonna be. Oh no, he does like one of he does the movie vo- the movie voice guy ah. where he speaks like this. Right, right, right. And so that kind of opens up what that movie could be. And then it drops in February, uh, culminating in the, you know, like almost to celebrate the 25 years after Deadpool first appeared in New Mutants in 1991. And that production is, that, that is just smart marketing value by putting a movie like that on Valentine's Day. Yeah. That is and, and, hilarious. And then it comes out around Valentine's Day. So I, I go see it. You know, I didn't really know what to expect. I just wanted to have a good time. Well, what did you, well, well from, your, from your views of the trailers, did you think you were going to be sold? Did you think it was going to be a good job? I thought about, I thought about movies like, um, like Fantastic Four, where I just had fun. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I, didn't, um, I wanted to laugh. But again, I, I didn't really know what to think about this film uh, before I saw it for the first time. I knew I would be in on a good time, 
But I thought all the continuity breaking would allow for me not to have to sink my teeth in too much into the plot. Like, it would be such a oh, no, jokey they, film that yeah. it would wash over me when it was over. Like like watching an episode of Family Guy, where it, there's so many jokes that there's not really a plot. It's all just references. Yeah, yeah no. And so I, I thought that's what that I was going to get. And I was pleasantly surprised. What was your uh, take watching the film for the first time? Well, uh, personally, I've been waiting for the Deadpool movie since 2009. When they this bit this movie this movie has been in production hell limbo just not going anywhere. So when I saw the the commercial the trailer that matched the leaked test footage, I thought this movie was gonna be the best. I thought I legit thought like there's no way they can mess this up. You actually have a suit. You have Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. You have him self-contained but too, but not too restrained. Yeah. And then I watched the movie. I go to theaters opening weekend. Went with a friend. And there was not a dull moment in the scene in the movie, yeah. not a dull moment. And I'm gonna piggyback off of what you were saying with the one-liners and the quippy jokes and the fourth wall breaks is enough where you don't have to sink your teeth into the plot. That is very true for me, even to this day. I I know it's a gen, just a generic you know boy rescues girl from said bad guy story, but yeah, there's still like I watched it last night to prepare for this, and there was still a lot more going on than just generic bad guy story yeah there was love there there was romance there was drama like it had shades of every little genre you can like, you can cram in there but it was it, just the jokes even if even if i couldn't follow the plot the jokes was enough for me to say this is a good movie <laughs> i got on record of saying that the most surprising part of this movie to me was the heart that they had in it um, and you know what the thing is, but Deadpool comics, Deadpool it, does have right. heart. No, you're right. He's not. Like, there's a there's a specific comic book of Deadpool. It's like one of those little 15 page one shots. Yeah. Of him finding a girl who's about to kill herself, and he just annoys the hell out of her all day and gets her <laughs> to not kill herself. Right, right. And right. to the to the end to the where it's at the end of the panels, and he and she's just like, please, just leave me alone. He's like, are you gonna kill yourself? Don't do that. You're nice. You're a great girl. You got a lot to live for. That's like, awesome. Like stuff like that. When Deadpool talks, Deadpool has done a lot of, they have wrote Deadpool to do after school special type comics. And they're the little 10 page comics about him stopping bullying, him stopping kids doing drugs. Like they use a rated R comic book character like this to send messages to kids through comics. Right. So right. I, and that to me, that's always been the bright side of comics. That's always been what pulls me into comics is is when it gets more human. And I'm talking about books that have talking trees and stuff. So when it gets more human, when it gets more to the center of, of, of problems and stuff like that, that's where I find myself really paying attention. And this film, you know, it did that. Star started cast, as you know already. We're not going to go see my scene breaking it down, but, you know, I, I dug everybody they put in. I actually went and did some research for... Uh, the cast of characters that they have in here because I started to wonder if they were just making people up, right? Because you start to think like Black Owl, uh, Weasel, Vanessa. Oh, no. We no Weasel all... is his actual best friend. Same for little Easter egg. Uh, the guy Bob. Yeah. That he doesn't kill, that he just knocks out. And the says, guy from TGI Fridays. Yeah. That's actually his best friend in the movie, Hydra Bob. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right, comics, not movies. In the comics, that's his actual best friend, Hydra Bob. So I thought that was hilarious. That He's like, Bob? 
How's the wife? She still made casserole? Yeah, it, it's pretty good. But they can't mention Hydra because Hydra, uh, MCU has Hydra. Yeah, but that's weird because if you if you didn't, I don't know if you noticed, but last night when I was watching Deadpool and he threw the, the pizza box down at the girl's foot with the pictures, Feige's it says famous. Feige Famous Pizza. Yeah, Famous Feige's or something like that, which is the uh, creative director on all those MCU films. That, that was hilarious. Maybe that was, maybe that was a, a peace offering. Maybe that was kind of like... <laughs> that's what's, that was what's beautiful about the first Deadpool where you can throw a Feige... Just little Easter egg Feige on a pizza box, but now D- Disney is forcing Deadpool two to cut jokes. Yeah, and I I I have tried to look all week to see what joke they cut. They're not can't even telling it. you. Ryan Reynolds can't even say it. I like the term throwing a Feige though. That sounds, that sounds throwing like, a Feige. That sounds like it's a thing. Um, but just to, just for a little bit of comic uh background, Sister Margaret's. Does exist in the comics. Uh, it was in Deadpool one in 1997. It was a dispatch center for mercenaries, like it was in the movie. But uh, it used to be Sister Margaret's. It got torn down, and uh, it was recalled Hell House. So Hell House was the official name of it. But they kept the Sister Margaret's for the film. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, it's hilarious. Just imagine a group of mercenaries drinking at a bar called John, Sister Margaret's. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny. You got a black owl. Who uh, is the blind mother figure of of Deadpool's? I found out that she also in Deadpool came out in Deadpool number one in nineteen ninety seven. Um, but she started as a hostage uh, of Wade Wilson's, and whenever she would act up, he would put her in a room called the box that was covered in sharp objects because she's blind. And this is, I told you, dark. I told you, dark, bro. So, <laughs> but he never locked the door. But he never locked the door, hoping that just fear would keep her in there. And there was several times where he tried to like release her, like let her go. And uh, she's like, "No, I'm here because you are a good person, and I think I can get the good out of you." So they have this very weird, complex, twisted relationship. In the comics, it seems in like comics, she likes yeah. him more than in the movies. Because in the movies, it seems like he's more attached to her like he can't live without her as opposed right, right, to right. her to him well, she answered a Craigslist ad in the movie so I thought that was pretty funny what do you think about the Black Owl character in the film okay that's probably as far as like little one off characters go that's, she is amazing she's just I can't remember a lot of her lines word for it but I just remember she is my comedy relief I know TJ Miller is a lot of people's comedy relief but yeah. my comedy relief is Blind Owl. I just love her. Re- you know what thing is? I love her reactions to Deadpool. Like yeah. when he puts the little baby fist yeah, on her yeah. chin, and she's like, "Is, is that, that a baby yeah. fist? About the size of a KFC spork." Um, yeah, Black Owl. You know the funny thing about that is because she's in the box or the cave. Uh, her name alludes to Black Alfred being his Alfred, like Alfred to Batman. And so it, they, they don't even care there. There's another e- reference right there in comics and in the movie where they're breaking the fourth wall, acknowledging that, that he knows about Batman's Alfred, and that's why he would name uh, this woman Black Owl. Well, see, that's what I love about uh, the, the T.J. Miller line that no one really, I guess, pays attention to. But when, um, you, you know, when a Skeletor in the suit yeah. comes into the bar yeah. and he's like, here, this guy looking for you it might further the plot. Yes. That's a fourth wall break that yeah, no one hilarious. thinks about. I laugh every time I hear that. I thought that was hilarious. Um, Weasel, like you said, T.J. Miller, uh, plays Weasel in this film. Weasel's real name is Jack Hammer. Yes, Jack <laughs> Hammer. Hammer, uh, comma, Jack. Um, Hammer, comma, Jack. Hammer, comma, Jack. Uh, he's a weapons and gadget specialist. He gets def- Deadpool his information. But I also found out, just like Black Al, Wade kind of ruined his life. Wade needed somebody to help him with his teleportation belt. So he goes back in time, right? And Weasel and Peter Parker are going for the same job uh, uh, for Norman Osborn. And even though Jack's 
in the running and he's ahead. Deadpool uh, dresses up like, I want to say Peter Parker or somebody, and goes to Norman Osborn and says that Weasel, uh, don't hire him because he's a drug head. He's addicted to drugs. He'll be a terrible employee. Whatever you do, do not hire Weasel, which then allows Weasel's life to spiral to a point where he would help a guy like Wade Wilson in the future fix his uh, teleportation. That's belt. butterfly effects at its finest, man. But crazy dark. like, And he debuts in Cable number 3, 1993. So, you know, even before Black Al, before Sister Margaret, we had Weasel. So... Uh, that that's big there too. Uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead is probably the most uh, the newest character in this film. She came out in New Mutants 115 in 2001. Uh, but the most interesting thing I found out about her, besides her having completely different powers in the comics as per, per to the movie, was that and I forgot about this. I knew this early, but I forgot that she was a trade. We had traded Ego. For in Guardians of the Galaxy for Negasonic Teenage Warhead, they Fox, no way. yeah, Fox and no uh, way. Fox and Disney traded. So apparently Disney owned ne- Negasonic and Fox owned Ego somehow, and so they switched those two uh, in a trade. Which I don't know what Guardians of the Galaxy is without Ego, and I don't know what this movie is without Negasonic. So I'm glad that they did what they had. Yeah, to that's do. a that, that that is a weird thing to have to trade, but damn it, did it work? Yeah. Uh, also, you have Vanessa, the shape-shifting mutant. Uh, well, she's not shape-shifting mutant here, but she started out in the comics. Uh, she debuted in X-Force 19 in 1993, uh, quite some time ago. Uh, in the comics, she's a shape-shifting mutant named Copycat. And, uh, but just like in the movie, Wade left her when he found out he had cancer. So, he doesn't see her again until she's impersonating Domino, who's gonna be in the second film. Now, she's a shape-shifting mutant named Copycat, and, um... She also becomes a mercenary after Wade leaves her, which is funny because Wade becomes a mercenary after Wade leaves her. And the writers of Deadpool say that they are they're 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 cool to uh explore her mutant side, even though they did it in this film. So with her So what kind of explanation are they gonna give us? Well, uh, that's a pretty good answer. That's, I mean that's a pretty good question, unless Yeah, what what can they do? Well, but with Domino being in this film, that kind of sets up for that. Domino that character also debuted in the same character that, I mean the same character, in the same comic book that Deadpool appeared. So uh, Deadpool and Domino have the same birthday, <laughs> comic book birthday. Um, so it's cool that she's finally joining the ranks in the next film. And what is that? that that's the that's supposed to be the, like the, what's it called? The X-Force. Force, what, yeah. The, the whole building facility where they were all like born in with all their powers and everything, right? Is that... No, that, I, I don't even think it's named in, um, in the comics, it's just some kind of like offshoot weapon. I know X. it's called like Weapon X, yeah. Yeah, but... some kind of like offshoot Weapon X uh, facility because X Force is just the uh, Black Ops X Men uh, with that cable uh, cable heads. It was the New Mutants. It was legit the New Mutants comic, and they just changed the name to something more edgy, which is X Force, and they were allowed to kill those guys. All killed uh, people. Last but not least, we have Ajax who is legit named Francis in the comics. Uh, He debuted in 1998 in the issue Deadpool issue 14. He is a former enforcer at Dr. Kilbrew's lab. So unlike the movie, there's an actual doctor that's doing these uh, experiments. Wasn't Dr. Kilbrew the... The name I could have sworn they 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 like they never like said it in the movie, but right. he was credit. But that guy that meets Wade in the bar was credited as Doctor uh, Kilbrew. Oh, that would have been pretty cool if uh, if they alluded to that because yeah, he was an enforcer at Kilbrew's lab, um, and interestingly enough, ripped the heart out of Wade Wilson 
in the facility and thought he died. Wade, with his extraordinary regenerative powers, grew his heart back. Uh, and then the hunt for Ajax started, just like in the film. Uh, it was a revenge plot to kill the man who tortured him inside Kilbrew's lab. Uh, while Ajax is going around killing all the other Weapon X subjects that are out in the world to keep everything silent about the Weapon X program. What has caused more humans, I mean heroes and villains than the Weapon X program and people trying to remake the damn Super Soldier Serum? And that's all what it sounds back to. It's just everybody <laughs> trying to remake that Super Soldier Serum. Like it all go, does it all go back to Cap? Yeah, it probably all goes back. It's Cap and Wolverine. Between Cap and between Wolverine's immortality and Cap's serum, like wasn't Bruce Banner with this gamma and uh, with his gamma research trying to recreate the Super Soldier Serum? Yeah, exactly. So it's it, it's uh, that's what it all is. Which Bucky is, is the Super Soldier Serum baby. Is, this has nothing <laughs> to do with Deadpool, but it's just beautiful where there was a one-off line in one of the Captain America's or Avengers where it, where they say it all started from you. Yeah. Oh, it was Avengers, the first Avengers. Yeah. Where Cap didn't know what was going on, and he's like, it all started from you. You were our first superhero. Yeah. And then you see Bucky in Civil War with a bunch of super soldier serum that he was supposed or, or stop uh, people from getting a bunch of the super soldier serum. So the, creating these these mercenaries, creating these this army of unkillable soldiers has been something people have been trying to do for years. Um, what a messed up torture scene for Wade. Yeah, a weekend in a chamber that will cut off his oxygen if it if they sense him breathing, but will turn it back on on if they sense he can't. Yeah, so awesome. he's just gonna balance between choking right there on death. Yeah, he can't. He's not allowed to pass out, and he's not allowed. Yeah, because the second he passes out, they'll turn on the oxygen, and he's not allowed to comfortably breathe because then they'll cut off the oxygen. So, so then he's, he's just literally choking. Yeah, the whole weekend for a whole weekend. Well, I did like that. The movie says that. Um, that. The movie the movie says that uh, basically that stress is the cause of this of these um, mutant abilities. That's showing, what showing they're alluding themselves. to, right? Yeah, and this has kind of been said in the X Men comics, where you will have somebody show off their mutant abilities at a time of stress, like how Cyclops was kind of like like uh, his eyes were hurting, and then he got bullied, and then it shot out in the movie. Uh, but usually, yeah, in a teenage teenage age i was gonna say <laughs> when you're around the age of a teenager um i guess puberty and stress will cause your mutant abilities to sprout because apparently these mutant abilities are dormant in your bloodstream you know most of us just our voice gets deeper yeah right these guys just go yeah, full you get, actually, you get full powers look at negasonic did you uh she goes he goes uh i'd hate to be the guy that's gonna pressure her into prom sex oh. <laughs> which is which is you know i mean yeah you know if if girls had powers when I was trying to go on dates, I'd you know. Nah, I think I wouldn't be go a after, go very after. dangerous playing field. I tell you that right now. But what did you like about? What I want—that's what I want. I want to know what from the Deadpool film. What did you like, and what did you not like? I like that he was a flawed hero. Um, because ah, that he ain't. Be, well, he's not a hero. Yeah, I, I guess he's a flawed anti-hero. But I really dug that he speaks to an entire generation of edge lords, right? Uh, these these people who go on the internet and troll and and nihilist, right? People yeah. who don't care about anything, so every joke is on the table. But you, he does care. He does care, and I love that they balance that. That he seemingly makes jokes about, uh, um, you know, he makes jokes about kids. He makes jokes about sex. He makes jokes about masturbation. He makes jokes about sexuality. He makes jokes about. 
Um, he even calls homeboy a pedophile. Like he makes a joke about pedophilia. He makes jokes about blind people, disabled. Even in his own honest trailers, he he refers to himself as as a pansexual mercenary for hire. Yeah. He, so he he nothing is off the table, off the table, or too far for him. But in the same sense, that this same guy who nothing is off the table for him can't be brought to walk up to Vanessa and just be like, "Hey, girl, this is me now." He cares that remember, much about his inner he, was, inner... he was really insecure about his outer looks. He didn't Wait. think that you could love who he is on the inside, that you would love what he looks like as a beautiful guy, that you would in turn not see... And how big is that? How universal is that? That's one of the most universal feelings that we've all felt, right? Like, exactly. We don't measure up to the people we want to be with, uh, and why even, give it a, why even give him a shot? Why give the other person a chance to reject us? Um, at one point in the film, Black Al tells him, like, you might as well just go and talk to her. And he and says, I look like... I, I, no, he's like, what did he say? He said, oh, you ever heard David Beckham speak? Oh, yeah, It's like yeah, he yeah. mouth-sexed the can of helium, you know? Exactly. And he, that's when he says that Ryan Reynolds line about, like, Ryan Reynolds never got off on his great acting prowess. <laughs> it was his good looks. But something else that I, he said that I didn't notice the first time I watched the film, and even sub- subsequent watches, he tells her that... He tells Black Al that Vanessa turned him away. He tells her that, and that never happened. He he put that in his own mind. He never gave the Vanessa a chance to turn him away. But in his own mind, she's already done it. Like he he's his his visage or his visage is so disturbing that he won't even give her a chance to reject him. He's already re- been rejected in his own head. And I thought that that that's that's something sad. we all feel. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's uh, humanizing. That's uh, a feeling, like you said, that we feel where we cut our own legs out from under us. Before like my mom always said, try. you cut your nose to spite your face. And yeah, exactly. him not talking to Vanessa as soon as he like left, him not even telling Vanessa, listen, I'm going to this th- this little uh, facility to cure myself. That's cutting your nose to spiting your face. Yeah, but yeah, she said he says she wouldn't have me. Is the words that he uses? Yeah, she wouldn't have me. I remember and what is that? What 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 what? Like, okay. But then Ben Black Owl says, like, are you just going to sit here and mope? Which I thought was pretty cool, too. Like, come on. Get up and, and do something for yourself. So I I thought that was pretty cool. I loved the um, Deadpool montage. Him creating the, the costumes and that stuff. That was a really great montage. One of the best, uh, you know, suit montages ever. And I'm really digging the makeshift costume era where we see Spider-Man's makeshift costume prior. We see Daredevil's makeshift costume prior. I like these early uh, things because... The garish costumes we get later on, you start to think, how do you get from point A to there? You know, well, see, we that's why see Amazing Spider-Man was ama- was great because his costume—he literally took spandex, took a printing press, put some oil on it, like dyed a whole yeah. spider. Like he made it from, and he, you could see him from Bing. He was searching like ski suits, right? So he literally took a ski suit. And same thing, like um, they do they do something similar in Civil War where you or in, or Spider Man Homecoming where you see that suit which is basically hobbled together. Um, oh yeah, with the, the goggles and everything. Yeah, Deadpool's first suit is basically a white baklava with uh with sweat pants and, and a sweat shirt and and uh goggles and I or think glasses. He, I think there were, it was supposed to be a in like an Easter egg joke towards yeah. one of like the whited suit Deadpool. Ah uh, yeah, that make that can make sense. And but they but. Funny enough, the reason why he doesn't choose white because of blood. He he, be, you know, he's not afraid to get shot because he heals from it. But he didn't want to keep cleaning blood out of his costume. Yeah, so that's that, he that's great. We're we're we're, we're blackout is like they're both doing laundry together, and she's like vinegar and baking soda to get blood out. Yeah, asshole. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that it's a no, it's a salsa water and lemon juice. Oh, salsa water and lemon juice. Yeah, yeah. Tuck that away. 
tuck that away uh, in case you ever need it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna need that. Um, you get. I I love. Yeah, how he chose red. I love the. Is it sexist to hit you, or should I? Or is, is it, it sexist more, not? Is to it hit, more sexist to not hit you? The line is really. That oh is probably that's funny. That's funny. Great. Just really good. <laughs> he's really good. Oh, oh man. Basically, yeah. He he he's looking he for Francis, know. and he sees a female criminal, and he goes to hit her, and then he stops because it's a girl, and he's like, "Should I hit you, or is it sexist to not hit you?" And he's like, "I don't I just, know. I, I just, just don't know." And I it's really like, love that. Really, really, really funny. Because it, 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 is it? Is it I, sexist to hit you? Is it more sexist not to hit you? You know. I dug what I call the Austin Powers gag, which is the Zamboni. Um, him on the Zamboni. Oh, I caught the Austin Powers gag because if you've seen Austin Powers, yes. they do something similar with Austin Powers on a uh, what I think it was a steamroller. Steam yes, and the guy from that TV is like feet away. Uh, feet, a man's mile. like a whole like mile. He's like a mile away, and basically Austin Powers is like, "Get out of the way, or you'll get killed." And the guy's just going, "No!" And he has his. He literally has his hand up, guys, for like, for like ten yards. His hand is straight out, like saying, "Stop!" And he's just screaming. No. In the beginning, you think that they're close, though. That, that's, that's the joke the, that they that's play. That's the then beauty they of that back, joke with the subversion. They pull back to the long shot, and you see how actually far they away they are. And the same thing happens in Deadpool, where you see somebody crawling on the ice, and he goes, I'm going to kill you with a Zamboni. And then he goes, uh, tell me where he is, or I'll kill you. In and like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> in like five minutes, and it zooms out, and it shows you how far it is. I thought all of that stuff was hilarious. What about you? Uh, what, what, what tickles your funny bone when you think of this movie? Okay, well, besides Ryan Reynolds' superior acting, just all the little jokes and funny things like uh, when he gets a cab ride from Dill Pender, and the uh, guy's yeah. like, you know, it's it's a uh, twenty three fifty. He's like, oh no no, I never carry wallets. It ruins the lining in my pockets. And they kept that well, up. How about with, a Chris high five? Then they kept that up where he in the end where he goes, uh, so another Chris high five. He goes ten for you, and he gives he gives yes, him a ten, which is which was pretty cool. Uh, the 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 highway shootout scene is obviously a great scene, but. I don't want to talk about that sh- that particular part. I want to talk okay. about when we get Colossus and Negasonic and the jokes that follow. Okay. Where he's trying to fight Colossus and he he goes and punches him in the nuts and he's like, "Oh, your poor wife." Yes, yes, that was already that is, good. Or when both of his hands are broken and he's like, "All oh, the dinosaurs fear the T Rex." Oh, all that stuff is hilarious. All the stuff with like um, I actually like how they they cut right to Negasonic. Like the core of that character very soon when he says like you're just a teenage girl and I know all teenage girls I'd rather be somewhere else but here and so all you're gonna do is make sarcastic comment or silence or sarcastic comment or silence so which one is it gonna be and she's like you got me in a box here and he's like ha ha I thought all of that was I, great this movie because, made me feel old though in a, in a sense because when he goes up to the X mansion in the the first time that the to grab them together saying he needs their help yeah and Negasonic opens the door he's just like. Ripley from Alien 3. Yeah. And I was like, making, I would make that joke. And he making Alien references before Spidey does in Infinity War. That's great. Yeah, but he called it a really, really old movie. He's got to <laughs> stop. stop calling 80s movies really, really old movies. Um, what else? I, uh, the best line. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm sorry. Your it, favorite line. My favorite <laughs> line. Just to make in, a distinction. Just so no one can like you know get, get mad at me. Yeah, you know? yeah. But my favorite line of Deadpool is definitely when Colossus is like, we're going to go take you to see the professor. And he's like, McAvoy or Stewart, these timelines are so confusing. Yeah, that's really, really good. I, I, that To me, I say it's the, it's, it's the best little one-off because it is so far into the fourth wall breaking that they're literally naming the actors that played Xavier's. Yeah. When he says, when he says McAvoy or Stewart, I swear I lost it. Because I, the, the movie played a lot with 
those boundaries, those universe boundaries. And every time you think that they push it to the edge, they'll do another joke that pushes it even further. Yeah, that's why when Colossus is like, I can hear you, you know, and he's like, I wasn't talking to you. So you I was do- talking to them. Yeah, so you have that, and then later on you have, oh, such a big mansion, but it's weird that I only see you two. I guess the, it's like the studio couldn't pay for more X-Men. And so right back, at, <laughs> right back again at the same universe. Um, I laugh all the time, and this this shows you how immature I am. One of my favorite parts is the anger that he has when Vanessa gets captured. That he just goes back to his headquarters and just starts cursing up a storm. He's like, damn it, damn. He's kicking, he's punching things, kicking things, and the phone rings. He's like, get it, get it. I'm gonna get mad. <laughs> oh my god. He's like, he's like, I need the guns. What guns? All oh, the guns. <laughs> And then the gun montage of them grabbing all Yo, the guns and grabbing like Black Al's gun. 15, 30 guns in a giant-ass duffel bag. And, and then he takes Black, up, Black up, up, Al's up, 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 down, 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 down. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah. She was pulling up her pant leg. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, uh, Bondu in the truck, in the trunk. Uh, okay, Bondu in the trunk was great. He's like, wait, wait, wait. He's like, oh, we're going we're gonna to let him go. Don't kill him. Kill him. <laughs> you know, you like, get- there's got to be other ways to get Gita's heart. And you know, it's funny that they, that, you know, the whole Gita thing, that actually, I it's something I completely remember. Like I, it's hard to forget that whole little subplot with Dopinder. But one thing that I guess I never really paid attention to is the advice he gives him. He gives him adv- like love advice. He tells him early on in the film, first oh, yeah, ten minutes of the film. Yeah, the first model, the first like talking of the film is him just saying love. Dependent. And if you have love, don't let it go. It's a beautiful thing. Don't let it go. Whatever you do, fight for it. Fight for it. Fight That's for it. And beautiful. You don't really. I thought it was just something you say, like the same way someone says, "Oh, I'm thinking about giving up." You say, "Don't give up." But he's talking from a place of loving and law lo- and losing yeah, that love. And, he, and he, he's only what maybe. And he said it was what uh, twelve months, eight days, and thirty six hours or something yes, like that. Yeah. He counts it down to the second one is a little Adventure Time watch, which is exactly hilarious. that was also really good. Oh, little fun fact. Hello Kitty stuff. Did you know that Dopender was actually someone that Ryan Reynolds knew in high school? Oh wow! So yeah, Dopender. Do- that, do- pen- is that I, the guy I, who got hit by lightning? Uh, I don't I think remember. he said one of his friends got hit by lightning and also put a name one of his, their names. No, I know friend. that was. I remember that dope that Ryan Reynolds said in an interview. Like I was reading it, and he said that Dopender was somebody he knew in high school that used to get bullied a lot, and I think he either killed, committed suicide himself, or he uh. just went crazy, and he's like, he's just not doing good. So right, he wanted right. that. He want. He, that's why Dopender was twice in the movie, and he had like full lines and everything. He wanted a little tribute to someone he knew in high school that was going through hard times. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it's like, man, he encapsulates everything he does and Ryan Reynolds is just... Yeah, he's he's great in that. I uh, Another thing I caught was um, in the beginning of the film when the Agent Smith character talks to him and it's funny because I had forgotten that his actual name was Agent Smith. In my head, I had called him the Agent Smith character because of Agent Smith Wait, from Matrix. Wait, is his name Agent Smith? Yeah. That's well, that's what, that, only... was a, that was one of the names that everyone else was calling him. I don't know if in the end oh, credits it, it was said only credited. He was credited as the recruiter. Okay, That's yeah, his yeah, credit yeah. name, as yeah. the recruiter. Something like Agent Smith, Agent Smith. But um, I think on my subtitles, it, one of them said something about Agent Smith, and I was like, Agent oh, Smith. like Agent Smith talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe yeah. It was, I think it was after the joke that he made where he <laughs> called him Agent Smith, so the that, captions just stood with it. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. But uh, when he goes to recruit Wade, he says that Wade has, and I quote, 41 confirmed kills. Four, I think it was 47 confirmed kills. Four, something like that. And no, it was 42 confirmed kills, one every seven weeks. Same rate an average guy gets a haircut. Yes. and But in this, it was actually... I mean, well, I, post that right so you say he goes he disappears for a year and change yeah after that it becomes 89 so 
in those seven years or so that or the, what? How many years? Six, no, seven years? Well, from when he became Deadpool to when he prior met, prior to Deadpool? Oh, you say he got forty two. He got forty two confirmed kills every seven weeks. Yeah, so one like, every seven weeks. Right. So that took a good time. Yeah. Uh, and seven then he doubles 52. that. He basically doubles that in a year. He doubles his kills in a year just trying to find Ajax, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Like, wow, he. Got a lot of bodies. That's why I love when he when he meets up with the recruiter. Finally, he's like forty two confirmed kills, about to be ninety. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. Yep, yep. Uh, or when he actually pushes the camera away, yes. and you like, st- and you start to think we've seen so we've seen a lot of gory moments at this point. So what could it be that you can't show us? I thought that was pretty cool. Did you notice? I don't know if you ever noticed, but it's funny because when you're mentioning, we've seen a lot of gory stuff just to push the camera away. When he initially finds the recruiter. And attacks them, he takes his sword, jumps oh, on a guy, yeah. and then jumps through down onto yeah, the sword. He, sta- and he stabs. Him in half. He stabs a guy uh, through the chest, and then he jumps in the air and stomps on both sides of the sword so it can slice him through. And it, yeah, like, it was like you're showing that, but you can't show what you do to Agent Smith. Yeah, it was definitely bananas. I like Stan Lee's strip club cameo. Oh yeah, I think that's what's what Stan. I think they just literally found a footage of Stan, a footage of Stan Lee of what he does with his spare time. Uh, and so that was we got. Um, you can't buy happiness, but you can sure rent it. <laughs> that was like that came with, out of Stan with, Lee. Uh, what was what was her name? Uh, like Chastity or something. Like I think it was Chastity. Yeah, it might have been Chastity. But, oh uh, well, guys, it's it's time that we start. We, we talked about the stuff we love. We did. But it's time to talk about the stuff we didn't like. Because you know, we. Oh wait, one more, one more thing. Uh, about what I love, I love the superhero walk. I love the superhero landing. Those, those jokes are great. On those, those jokes on those. I, what I call a superhero walk is when him, Colossus, and Negasonic are out of the cab. Slow motion, right? And you, and in your head, you're going, "Wait, didn't he have a whole bag of guns?" And then he's like, "Where's my bag of guns?" How do you get out of a cab not realizing that your guns are gone? But the reason why I like that scene, obviously, because he had to innovate, and it also can mean like, I always took that as like they didn't want to spend the money on all, all the gun violence or it could just been something for the plot but i think it was just i think it was just supposed to be a joke just to be funny because like a callback to in the beginning where he forgets his ammo bag that's what i was going to mention which is even better because i would have loved i loved the fact that we got to see deadpool two katana strong taking out all of these guys yeah he only had uh 12 bullets in the the first one yeah the first in the beginning of the film so we've already seen him pressed have to improvise and take out a bunch of uh villains but he this kicks was way more. a guy's head like a soccer ball. Oh my god! But and all, all his flips and stuff. And Ryan Reynolds, you know, supposedly they had like muscles built into the suit, but he was so jacked getting ready for the role that they had to cut the muscles out of the suit because it was too tight and he looked like a linebacker basically. So why, why would you put muscles in the suit for Ryan? The man is. I guess they were assuming that he wasn't going to get jacked up. I, I guess. What, what do you yeah, mean? Cause wasn't gonna you're, get jacked. You're up. basically saying has there ever been a time he hasn't been jacked look up? up any, look at any movie with Ryan Reynolds shirtless. You will always see diamond abs. His traps are crazy. His arms are big, especially waiting. The movie yeah. where he played a, 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 a waiter, there's just one scene where he's like putting down his tank top, and you just see the V-cut abs going straight down. Like yeah. There was never a time where I remember Ryan Reynolds And I remember being, him in Blade, and Blade he was jacked. Exactly, Blade Trinity. The, um, he did a movie with uh, Samuel L. Jackson called uh, Safe House. Right. He no, sorry, no, I think it was Denzel Washington. Yeah, it was with Denzel Washington called Safe House. Like he's done movies where he needed to look a certain part. Right. So to build a suit with muscles in it, I don't know, that seems kind of just disrespectful in my eye. to me. It's just like why would why? And I am um, through some of the backstage stuff, they were talking about uh one of the big things for him that they wanted was the expressive eyes. And we, we got those with Deadpool before Spider-Man. Those eyes are CGI. 
uh, so that they can uh, mimic his eyebrows and his eye movements, and so you you can see him. Oh, we needed those expressive angry. eyes. Without I the expressive, it was amazing. Yeah, it was, and it was, the CGI that went into that costume was great. The CGI that went into Colossus to reflect off of the various surfaces that he he was in. Great, good. And this stuff. was a huge Colossus. Did you know they called in Col- the Colossus actor from the other uh, X Men films, and he was like, "Well, if I'm just gonna do the CGI and not the voice, I don't want to do it." Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I like. I extra like Russian uh, <laughs> Colossus. That's the one I remember from the comics. Yeah, man. Extra and Russian. This is this was like the Colossus that was like in love with Kitty Pride and all that. This was like the man would he talks like this. I also feel like they used Colossus because they couldn't use, or they. They wanted to give Cable a huger role in the sequel, but they still needed somebody to bounce oh, off of. Man. The, 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 how many mutants are in X Men? How many could have you chose? Yeah, that's true. But I get, but you needed a straight man because Wade was gonna go all crazy. Cable would have been that straight man. Another good straight man would have been Wolverine, and they do a lot of Wolverine and Hugh Jackman jokes. But Wolverine's not wasn't I think in the, the film. The best straight man for him would have been Scott. Cyclops. Yeah, I think he's too goody. Too goody. Yes, and he'll get himself killed. You know, we're talking about Cyclops. I mean, sorry, sorry Colossus, but. Presumably, in between that year, they met, right? I want to know. Wh- I want to know how that happened. I want to know when the first time Colossus met Deadpool. I want to know why how Deadpool knows about the yeah, X-Men. because all of a sudden, know... like all, he was just watching the news and he knew it was Deadpool and, before he even said and, it. And Deadpool knew it was Colossus when he and showed they, up. And apparently, Colossus has had this like mission for some time to catch Deadpool. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't that. Man, it's they really should have. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> I would have really loved to have seen issues. the introduction, to the, the debut meeting of Colossus and Deadpool. Uh, I know, I know. You said uh, we're going to what we don't like, but I guess the final thing that we like, I have to say, I have to gush over the opening sequence, the highway sequence. Yeah. Only because yeah. because I've recently been paying very close attention to how a lot of these comic book movies start, and the start of it is very, it's extremely important to set the tone of whatever you're trying to do in the very beginning. I think Lego Batman does a great job doing that. I think Infinity War, in those first five minutes, great job setting the tone and the tenseness, and this, from the no, from the from the honest credits, right? It was what they called it, like, from honest trailers. Yeah. From the honest credits to no actual title card. It says, hi, I'm Deadpool in a drawing. It never actually says Deadpool. There's, there isn't a title card. No. I just noticed that. right, And I, I watched it last night. Yeah. I didn't even no, notice. Absolutely no title card. And then the the confidence to play Angel in the Morning or Angel of the Morning. And it and it sounds boisterous. It sounds big. It I don't sounds... know about you, but that was a that was just great. Like, it, it fit. Like, it, to me, it just fit. I thought that was so cool. Just uh, that uh, the the maximum effort stuff. Um, that, you know, that's, that's... off the bat, you already figured out it was not for kids. You already figured out um, that it was it was going to be a joke. And well, the you first joke whole... he makes was about touching Wolverine smooth criminals. Yes, and then he does the whole like uh, my boyfriend said that this is going to be a superhero, superhero movie. movie. Uh, so all of that great way to introduce the character. Uh, great and it was, stuff, and it was like a flash forward. It wasn't no, no, no. He did flashbacks. That was the current events. Yeah, because once he gets in, once he gets into the cab, then they, he like, hey, let's just fat, which is another great fourth wall. Yeah. Because usually you just get a quick transition cut. He's like, you, you already seen this. He <laughs> literally fast forwards the movie. Paul, it stops at the wrong moment of him jerking off, and then yeah, keeps going. And then keeps going. I thought that was pretty good too. Um, and his Crocs, no less. Yeah, so I guess we can start talking about what we don't like. I was not a humongous fan of Francis, the character. That is funny because that's actually was going to be the first thing I mentioned. I did not care. I wasn't really much of a fan of Francis. But I had this theory that these origin films don't really need a strong villain. 
I don't I wasn't a huge fan of of the involvement of Ra's al Ghul in Batman Begins. I dig Le- Leslie Nielsen as Ra's, but I felt like he didn't really have a lot to do once no, Bruce got yeah, into. Yeah, that was like a third act thing. I really liked the more the Scarecrow Falcone thing. That exactly, they were doing. that was more of the the actual front and threat. that was like the Batman that they were going for too. You right. know, like that we're going for this year one Batman. So why not give us mob bosses? Exactly. You know, why are you just gonna jump straight into one of his best villains? Exactly. So in in that same respect, I feel like Francis didn't have a lot to do in this, but only because Wade had so much to do. Uh, so that that's the only thing I I'd say is is a little bit of a of a thing but yeah, we really don't get we, we really don't get much He's I'm trying just, to think of what else what else is there anything else popping up in your head as things you didn't like I'm I I I've been trying to find out things I didn't like all day I guess no I wouldn't say runtime maybe runtime the pacing the pacing a little bit was too quick to like grasp everything. I mean, the movie's what, like an hour and a half, roughly, right? Hour like an hour and 45 minutes. minutes. So yeah. it was like, you're cr- they were literally cramming like a two hour and 30 minute piece of work into an hour and 45 minutes. So some scenes were just being cut off too quick, some scenes were taking too long, and the pacing was just a little jumbled. We might not actually have, you know, a lot of negative things to say about this film. I do have a negative thing. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you, it, besides the, the opinion you're about to state now, to think of what you've heard other people's negative opinions are about things, and maybe we bring those oh, topics up carbon, here. People, I've heard people call it a, a, a just a paint by the numbers carbon For, copy, formulaic. Yeah, formulaic. Like you know, boy meets girl, boy falls in love, boy has they, something happens where two are not together. Do you think that's a fair criticism? I think it is a little bit of a fair criticism because it's like you're. You know what the thing is? I, I I think it's fair criticism, but it's also that's the simplicity of Deadpool. Yeah. You know, if you you're taking a movie like Captain America and Iron Man or Batman and Spider Man, and you have all these elements, all these emotions and feelings and character arcs to throw in there. But with Deadpool, it's like, listen, this guy fell in love with a girl. He caught cancer. Now he's in a superhero training. Now he looks ugly. Now he wants revenge. Now he got his revenge. End of the story. Yeah. It's, it's very, it is paint by the numbers, but you know what? We don't have time. I, I think as much as I really would have loved a longer movie, we don't really have time to, you know, take care of all the minutiae details of the plan. You yeah. know? We don't have time to Bob Ross it, right? Because you were saying paint by numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're just we're just gonna put a little plot convenience right there in the corner. No one's gonna see it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I to that criticism, I will say that it, two things. One, it could be seen as formulaic. I think it would have been seen as more formulaic if the film would have been directed in a linear style. I think if we would have gotten everything chronologically. Him being a mercenary, then him being Vanessa, then him. But the fact that you get him as Deadpool first, the fact that we that we got kind of a a fast uh, flash forward, flashback kind of narrative, I think jumbles that up just enough that you that you don't really have the sense of how much of a of a I guess you would say like you said a a carbon copy that it is. But I would also say that with Deadpool being a parody film, kind of right parodying superhero like films. satire like a satire yes. comic you kind of have to ha- you kind of have to have the elements I, of I the film right the, i see where you're going with this. right when you're with satirizing that. a film you have to satirize all the elements of the film you have to be self-aware right like kung pao has to have uh, martial arts aspects in it tropes in it because it is playing up those tropes so i can see the argument but i think that i i, I dug what they did 
with this film. I I have a few nitpicks, like I said, things like like Ajax. I wasn't a huge fan of Angel Dust either. I really feel like she didn't did next to nothing. To be honest with you, though, it's a total misuse of Gina Carano because Gina Carano has actually been in stuff like like right. Run Lola Run and all that. She's done good action films. She she's in the Fast and the Furious, yeah. one of the Fast and the Furious movies where she was like kicking ass. Yeah. Against like Michelle Rodriguez, like I liked Gina Carano. So her little fight with Colossus was pretty cool, but I wish they would have given her more to do. You know, speaking of more to do, uh, if we're here talking about you know things that they could have done or didn't or didn't do, um, I saw a deleted scene that was extremely interesting. I think I think that's my that's probably my number one gripe is of the, the film is like they made T- Tim Miller TJ Miller cut like 45 minutes oh, of dialogue. No. Oh no, that's awesome. This this though, I am not too sure if you, if you're familiar with this, but there's a scene in which uh Deadpool goes to you know when Deadpool goes to the bar and he gives Weasel the picture and Weasel puts it up he's like I need a picture of you when you're healthy cuz you're about to die and all that stuff like that. He mentions like that he, him and Vanessa are looking up various treatments and various places to get treatment. And one of those places, like Chernobyl, Chernobyl remember, he's like, isn't that where you go to get cancer and stuff like that? And then he mentions Mexico, and he goes, uh, well, L cancer. He starts talking about L cancer yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, wasn't that all in the scene, the movie? Yeah. But there's a scene of him and Vanessa going to Mexico. Oh, I actually seen this deleted so scene. So they go to Mexico to try to try some, like, uh, like experimental drugs for cancer. Uh, he also offers money. He gives up money for a young child to get, because like, the person at the front desk is giving a young child crap because they don't have enough money to cover their expenses. So Deadpool covers the expenses for them. And it, both him and Vanessa are there. They're both like exhausted. They're both dirty. They're both tired. You can see that they've been at a million different hospitals. And so this place that seemingly, you know, uh, has the cure for cancer in Mexico, he goes back, to the to to the back where a doctor is faking taking out diseased parts of a person's body and he has chicken parts and so he's pulling out these chicken parts like man on the, you ever seen man on the, in the moon man on the moon yes exactly so this fake uh idea of pulling out the poisons of you and they're they're making people pay real money to get fake remedies uh for this cancer stuff so once Wade sees this he attacks the man and then kills the man in front of everyone there, Vanessa included. And the floor is covered in the blood and guts that uh, the guy had in the bucket that he was playing around with. Vanessa sees Wade murder this man, and Wade runs away. And from that moment is when they disappear from each other's lives. Really? Yes. And deleted, they disappeared. Then the disappearing was for five years, as opposed to the year and change that happens in the film. What that's a different a, that, movie yeah, that would have been, right? Uh, I I guess I can understand why you wouldn't have that scene. I don't like the murder. I don't like the blatant murder. Yeah, but that's Wade. The, that's Wade. I guess, yeah. But I guess we, we saw him turn such a leaf with Vanessa. We forget that he was a mercenary yeah, when he but, met her. You have to think of it like this. Is like, he, he was, at the end of the day, he's still a mercenary. He says it. I'm no hero. And he saw a little kid that needs treatment. Yeah. And once you realize, wait a minute. This place is, uh, is a foxhole tricking people into giving money. You're letting little kids take their parents' money and die anyways. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. If I was Wade, I would have done the same thing. He did, he did flip out. Um, one of the things that I, uh, that I dug in another deleted scene, he says, I just, I'm just following my golden rule 
uh, doing to others that do to others or something like that. Like I do to people what they do to others. And I never had, I've never heard that. And they took it out of the film, but that's a pretty. No, cool that's thing. actually that's actually a pretty important line. I think that overall tells you the the, the personality of Wade. Exactly. You like, do you you take advantage of others. You will take advantage of you. Didn't take money from that from that Orofsky chick. That's yeah, why he didn't the kill. Scene. He didn't kill Jeremy. He's like, oh, just a little light stalking. I was worse at his age. You know, stuff like that. Do unto others as they do to others. Yeah, is definitely a personality trait for Wade Wilson that I can get behind. And uh, you know that scene ripped right out of the comics. That pizza scene with, especially with the uh, olives and pineapple. Oh, uh, guys, so that's now we know a that great Deadpool's, combination. We know that Deadpool is one of those people that likes pineapple on pizza. Feel how you went, want to <laughs> about that comic book clickers, but it, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, Deadpool has been around for quite some time. Uh, like I said, he was created in 1991 by Rob Liefeld and Fabian. So N- now we're at what 27 years of Deadpool. Yes, it was a very long time, and he, like I said, he would debut with. Um, he debuted against Cable and w- alongside Domino, two people that was going to be in his sequel. What do you think we're going to get as far as Domino, Cable, all that is concerned, and Deadpool two that comes out in just a few days? I'm 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 not gonna lie. I've like I'm trying to stay away from trailers right. ever since I got my heart broken. But um, I watched the, the the only trailer I watched of Deadpool was the second and final trailer. And the only reason why I watched it because I heard about the jokes where his arm is like CGI, and he's like, "Wait, stop it! I can do this better." And he's playing with his like re- uh, toys. Yeah. So I, I I don't know if because Tim Miller, Tim Miller, it took his his style of directing that no one even knew, but he'd had a lot of great editing and threw it into Deadpool. And if it wasn't for Tim Miller directing this movie, a lot of that script wouldn't come to its full fruition like you yeah. wouldn't actually you just have a script you don't have the guy saying okay listen Ryan you're gonna do this you're gonna do that or giving Ryan a free reign at the times that he did So, to but then those yeah those two eventually uh, have an out right yeah what happened was is it was besides creative differences as there that's as it always is it's Miller wanted to focus more on a stylized shoot em up action as opposed to comedy and humor and yeah. Ryan didn't like that Reynolds wanted his little scenes of action, but he also wanted all the humor. I think right. Tim, I think Tim Miller was trying to take out a lot of the humor and substitute it for comic booky, and also th- their casting choice. Tim Miller wanted to cast Kyle Chandler, which if they would have went with Kim, Tim Miller's decisions of casting Kyle Chandler and making the the movie more shoot 'em up actiony, it would have cost their budget three times the original movie's. Budget, uh, and that's a that's a big deal. You know, this like the movie... original movie's budget was a, was fifty eight million dollars. Fifty eight million dollars to make Deadpool, not a hundred, not two hundred. Fifty eight million dollars. Now that's times that by three, and that's what Tim Miller's. That's what would would have costed if Tim Miller went with his stuff. That's definitely one of the important parts because that's one of the things. You know, that film, uh, it made a bunch of money, almost all the money, but it was it cost less to make than the Captain America films, the Avenger films, uh, the Batman films, majority of comic book films. Uh, and it, like I said, it was such a toss-up about whether or not this was actually going to get taken. But then, there boom! Wasn't really that much people in the movie to begin with. Yeah, I so was actually having that conversation. Paychecks. I was having that conversation when I was watching. I was like, you know, supporting characters and everybody aside, named characters. You probably got about fifteen, maybe, if that. I I think fifteen is. I think fifteen is a little much, because you have Vanessa, Wade, Weasel, Blackout, uh, Booth. Uh, I think Rocco or whatever, those two guys that fought in the bar. Yeah. You have Ajax. Um, Angel Dust, Colossus. And then, what's it called? Then Negasonic. And we're at 10. Uh, Bob, 
has a line, so I guess you could throw Bob in there, <laughs> Bill Pender. Agent Smith. Agent Smith. And so we're at like 13 so far as yeah, like actual about, support. I, yeah, I, I give it 15. 15 yeah, I so about 15, 15 supporting cast members that you can actually say had a line. But this time, we're getting X-Force, the Black Ops version of, of, uh, of the X-Men. And so we're supposed to be getting Terry Crews. We're supposed to be getting Shatterstar. We're supposed to be getting a bunch of, of, uh, of people added to this. How do you feel about the cast growing? You know, did you? I want to make a red. And did you hear the rumors that Ryan Reynolds says he's not up for a third Deadpool? That he'd rather just do a like a a group team him up, beat him up, or whatever. Well, like a solo Deadpool. Yeah, he but he's still willing. Is he still willing to play the Deadpool? Oh role? yeah, definitely. Then I'm I'm down for it. And he's also said he'll never play another superhero movie, another superhero ever. Just Deadpool. Just Deadpool. I'm down for it. I'm down for that. You know, um, I I heard people say that Deadpool is the the role that allows. All of Ryan Reynolds that allows you know every aspect of him to shine, and we got to see him going through all kinds of depths in the first movie. I hope, and I said this last week, that they keep the heart, the heart between him and Vanessa. Something that people said was that because you just saw a montage of them having sex, you don't necessarily know about their love and stuff. But I think that there's some obvious love. Listen, there's obviously some obvious hints that if, those if two are in love. Sex, if you're having sex with somebody, literally every holiday. Well, not literally every other, but on, on all, on, if you're having sex with somebody for a year, you got to love them. You got <laughs> I to. Hope, I hope. I hope. I would so, hope someone would love me. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get more. What do you think we're going to get more in the way of, I actually, I, I'm excited for this movie for two reasons. One, I need more laughs after Infinity War. I just do. It was kind of dark in Infinity War. Give me some jokes. And this is why it's a perfect movie to drop after Infinity War. And second, I need them to joke unmercifully about the state of the X-Men universe, which is in shambles. Absolute shambles. Between what happened with Apocalypse and then Logan, as far as timelines and characters and motivations are concerned, the, the thing is in shambles, and I would really, really like to see if they have anything to say about it or if they have the balls enough to use the movie to fix it, especially with a time traveler like Cable. Well, they have a lot, they have a lot of studio jokes in this movie to the point where Disney told them no, bro, you gotta cut this out of your out of your movie. And I've tried looking for the joke since I heard that did they made Deadpool two cut a Disney joke, but it's like, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. And you know, the, Ryan Reynolds had a lot to do with the original creative process, so hopefully the movie doesn't veer too far from how Deadpool one was because Deadpool one yeah, literally got Tim shot. Tim Miller left. If Tim Miller yeah. left the project, and I know a lot of the the directing style is on Tim was on Tim Miller's shoulders, but if Ryan Reynolds is doing all the creative work, I, d- I don't see how Deadpool two can fail. May box office wise, like financially, I don't see the movie failing. I don't see it making as much as the second Deadpool. I mean, it's first, right? I'm sorry, I don't see it making as much as the first Deadpool. Yeah, because that first one had uh, it, it was the first R-rated movie to have a three day opening weekend of over a hundred million. Um. You had things like Passion of the Christ and Matrix Reloaded do it, but um, those opened on a Wednesday, where Deadpool got out on Friday. So, I mean, it, it goes right there. Well, they and said it themselves that they're not looking for a box office of a hundred million, a hundred and fifty million. They're they're not trying to do that. Like they think that they can get their films done within a fifty-eight million, within the sixty million dollar budget. And if you can get a really good movie done that looks beautiful. With half the budget that a normal superhero movie would me would need, then you're doing something right. And he he did it without a lot of big names in the first one, which is funny because afterwards, after the film, you know, the first one blew up. You've seen it; it blew up. Uh, he got like praise from Chris Pratt, 
who's uh, Star-Lord. He got praise from Captain America himself, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. You've seen all the love that Hugh Jackman has for him as Wolverine, uh, you know. So I, I think that, that, that that's pretty cool, I, that the other quote-unquote superheroes of the world, even though they're not direct, um, you know, in movies with him, can still see the the, when you, when you're the give, good that he's doing. Yeah, when you give when you give respect to a guy that needs it, because remember, there's superhero redemptions, and then there's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, because he, he had he not only does he have to redeem himself for playing a bad Green Lantern, he has to redeem himself for even agreeing to play a sh- a really bad Deadpool X-Men Origins. Yeah, the X Men Origins Wolverine stuff, and that's probably why to the point where they even threw a little Deadpool toy in the movie where he picks up and says, "This is my most prized possession." And he's literally picking up a Deadpool toy from X-Men Origins. And the thing is, if, I don't know if you remember, but X-Men Origins had a post credit scene where Deadpool was still alive. And they were going to oh, yeah, make a like, sequel to that but it, because I, it did so poorly. You want a, another fun fact about X-Men Origins? Here What's we that? go. Remember, um, remember all the promotional trailers for X-Men Origins where every super, every hero there, every mutant was getting like a 30-second, 15-second commercial yes. TV spot? Uh-huh. Did you know that Wade Wilson's uh, narration for that TV spot is his narration towards uh, Weasel? Oh, when he wow. first comes to, yeah, when uh he when he's on um TV he has, his TV spot was I travel the world, Mokadishu, Baghdad. Uh-huh. I have acquired of every set of a lot of set of skills and I kill people or something whatever that whole little model like he was introducing himself as Wade Wilson for the X-Men Origins and then they took that line and they put it in the movie. That's awesome. That's awesome. I thought that was great. And even they have Weasel like and kill him. I know. I've seen your Instagram. <laughs> and you've seen that they already did the they did the reference to how in a comic they say that he looks like a Sharpay mixed with Ryan Reynolds. And this one he says he's bitten by a radioactive Sharpay. There was jokes about like great power and great responsibility. Jokes about Wolverine. And the creator Rob Liefeld says that this guy was supposed to be like a mix of Wolverine and Spider Man. Spider Man for the quips and Wolverine for the killer instinct. Really? I thought I, I I see more of like a like Marvel's answer to Deathstroke. Well, They're that, both well, named Wade is, Wilson, Slade Wilson. Well, that's the thing. So Rob uh, Liefeld, who created the look for the character, um, was a big fan of the Teen Titans comic and ac- supposedly accidentally used uh, Deathstroke as a muse for Deadpool. And when seeing it, Fabian the um, Nietzsche, I believe his name is, who was the actual writer, was like, bro, all you did was make Deathstroke. And instead of shying away from it they just went into it and then the writer goes oh then let's just call him wade wilson and then they just they start going into it and i read the first issue that he's in which is new mutants number 98 and he was joking in there he wasn't fourth wall breaky but he was definitely sarcastic and he had his own stylized uh voice bubbles so they were getting ready he for might that have not evolved to like maybe like the mid 90s late 90s to and he beat the... deathstroke to a film i mean deathstroke gets a post credit in in uh justice league but he beat deathstroke to film so yeah <laughs> it's crazy how that works. Like, but yeah. I mean, if a Deathstroke movie came out during the same time, I'd go see both. Yeah. Just because, man, who wouldn't want to see a Deathstroke movie? The Terminator Deathstroke. Did you hear my random uh, crazy speculation for Deadpool 2? No, but I would love to. My I think Wolverine's in it. You think so? Yeah. It, it, whether it's a cameo or what, I think all the Hugh Jackman jokes from the first one, and now that he's like almost completely free uh, from this one, it doesn't have to be a, a canonical Logan thing, but I, I just feel like... You you gotta do it, and so I. Well, did you see the the the, the video? Of, yeah, well, he's of Deadpool in his bed, just yeah. singing. So I maybe that, I thought that was great. I, but the thing is, I'm I'm in the business of speculating wildly because no one is gonna hold me to it, especially on this podcast. So I say these crazy things, and if they're right, then I end up being Nostradamus, and if they're wrong, then you know it hey, is man, what it is. Everybody has fan theories. Everybody so what you, does. What do you got? Uh, as far as fan theories go. 
they're definitely gonna. I think they're definitely gonna have more. Not just Colossus and Negasonic. I think they might give us different either X Men or X Force members or X Force members. That's that. I wasn't cool. um. What isn't one of them? Uh, isn't Bishop part of that? I believe so. If not, he's part of X Factor. You know how they got like, yeah, X Factor. Everything and all is that X, kind of X, like X, 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 X. I know Laura X twenty three eventually becomes that. So that'd be cool if they do a little joke on that. Maybe. Uh, and I hope this is this is hoping. This Go is ahead. speculating. This yeah. is just hoping. Right. I would hope that Omega uh, Omega Red is in this. Um, Omega, that would be amazing. I just like I'm smiling from ear to ear. Because yeah, because like I just imagine. An, uh, I have a coworker who's all about Omega Red for some reason. I guess he had a toy when he was growing up. And Cable, he Omega Red. Yeah, you could, probably do Lady, you could probably do Lady Deathstrike too. Do, you, throw could get, those, you could probably be able to give us Sabretooth as a retconned character. Uh, it's cool that you brought that up because I was going to forget again for the second time the thing that I saw in the Deadpool trailer that might be alluding to what you were talking about, which is secret cameos, surprise cameos. Supposedly, if you freeze a certain shot of Colossus throwing a right hand, he looks to be throwing a right hand to at juggernaut. a juggernaut-like figure, juggernaut, who we last saw in X-Men The Last Stand, uh, also can be part of the superhero redemption because that wasn't all that great either. So he was actually more Poor of a meme. Jones, he was man. more of a meme than anything else in that. Uh, so... Maybe they get Finney Jones again, but I would love to see uh, Juggernaut in this film. We already got Cable, and Cable does time travel, so like I said, they can do a bunch of stuff to fix things, fix right the wrongs. Um, but I am excited for this Deadpool 2 film, and I can't wait to sit here and review it. I definitely am, am excited myself. It is, it, it's just been a long time coming for myself, because like I've, I've followed Deadpool's rise and fall and rise and fall since 2009, from when they first said, we're in post production. We're in writing. We're in talks. We're yeah, in green lighting. Yeah. Green lighting in the contract negotiations. And every year, I would talk to a friend of mine. Like, did you get any news yet? No. Did you? No. And when we finally got that test footage, we knew we was getting a dev. I knew we was getting that movie. And then I don't care. Ryan Reynolds definitely leaked it. If not, it was Tim Miller. One of them leaked it. Yeah. And then they went and then they went and went to thank Twitter fans, Facebook fans. Instagram fans. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds has said, if it wasn't for the fans, this movie wouldn't have been made. And that's the thing. Uh, th- I'm a little worried, but there probably shouldn't be any reason to because uh, Ryan Reynolds really deeply cares about this project and it, it wouldn't have gone as far as it did without him. I cannot see anyone else playing the character. I can Can you honestly, like, as of all the actors that you could think of in your head, whether action-y, funny, guys like Chris Pratt and, and all that, can, can you really see anybody else Wearing that costume. No, and the thing is, you know, Deadpool comes out in the 90s, and he gets his own series in the late 90s. Late 90s, uh, I use the term, when I think of the late 90s, I use the term coined in the wrestling, Attitude Era. I think of everything trying to push the bar, Jerry Springer, uh, uh, everything in, in comics, Punisher, uh, pa- pouches and swords and grenades and, and mercenaries. Everywhere, everywhere. So what do you do with a guy like Deadpool? You make him jokey because everyone is so serious. Everyone's an anti-hero. Everyone's covered in blood and have a has a shattered origin. So you joke around with this guy, and his ability to joke around makes him three-dimensional, makes him one of the most original comic book characters, even though he's legit a parody of somebody else, and then now one of the most legit comic book movie characters is Deadpool. I can't wait to see him join the franchise he's meant to join, the X-Men, or the X-Force movies that will be coming out because... Josh Brolin is signed for four appearances as Cable. Four. 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 Yes. Four. So we know we're either going to get Deadpool Listen, 2 and 3. We're definitely getting an X-Force. Or X-Force 1, 2, and 3. Or Cable 1. Uh, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe they just give us, you know, I don't think we should have a, I don't think Deadpool needs a trilogy. 
Really, yeah, I, I would love it. I would love for there to be a trilogy. I don't think there needs to be one for you to like truly appreciate the art of this film. But if we get only two Deadpool movies and then like four more X Force movies, I will love it all. I'll eat it up. Yum yum yum. I'll eat it. Yeah, I, I I can't wait, and I can't wait for the jokes because now we've done run out of Green Lantern and uh and X Men Origins jokes. So what is he going to parody next? I hope he does a lot on the DC Universe. You saw that in the trailer; he was joking on them there. We got some Thanos jokes, so you know we, we get need some a Infinity joke. War. We need a joke where he's where he talks about like uh, uh fighting vampires this one time in his life. Where I was at a real, I was just at a really like dark place in my life. I found a, I found a friend. I thought he was a friend. We went yeah. to go fight some vampires. Yeah, that would be awesome. And, you know, he actually married, like, the Bride of Dracula in, in, in the comics. Some kind of weird... Deadpool has a very weird X-list. Yeah. Like, his exes are very and weird. he loves death, too. He, it's not that he loves death. Death is, like, infatuated with this man. It would be cool if they brought him up there because they didn't bring him up. They didn't bring her up in Infinity War. It would be cool if they had the balls to do it and allude to any of that. But we'll see what happens with Vanessa. She's in the trailer, but very little, very little. So who knows what her overall uh, arc is going to be, especially if he's putting this X-Force team together. But as far as teams are concerned, I love this team. The comic book club team, the major issues team. And if you like the things that we do here at comic book click, all you have to do is go to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about all the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. And comic book click is what produces major issues the podcast you're listening to right now and you can hear major issues episodes anywhere podcasts are found Podbean, podcast addict uh itunes i think apple podcast has a uh, thing. yes my if you have an apple phone guys all my users if you have an apple phone and there's a podcast app that's just sitting on your phone gathering dust click on it type in major issues podcast and there we are front row and if you have a good phone all you have to do is go to Google and type in Major Issues Podcast. We will be the first link. It will say Major Issues Podcast by Comic Book Click. Click on that and dive into now over 24 hours of content that we've created. This is episode, I want to say episode 23, 24. Uh, I think this might be like 23, yeah. Yeah, so yes, there's over 24 hours of content now. Dive into all of it. And I'm talking about like uh, Valentine's Day stuff, Superman coverage. Uh, we did most of the uh, Marvel movies. There's a lot movies. of review, movie reviews. There's trailer movie reviews, reviews. Comic book reviews. We broke down A Court of Owls. We broke down uh, Dark Knight's Metal. Uh, with you have Loki an Avengers right therapy session that you guys... De- I, I know it. <laughs> I feel it. It hasn't been too... What? It's been two weeks, but you guys still need that therapy session. Yeah, if you so. haven't heard our Avengers coverage and, and you need some therapy, go back and listen to that because we try to dive deep and try to give you guys the answers that you guys want. But... We end up becoming a better podcast because of you guys out there. That uh, is one hundred percent true. And they're supporting, bro. All the numbers are all the numbers are rising. Our subscribers are growing every single episode. Avengers hit records numbers, and I hope everyone sticks around and decides to listen to the rest of it. Uh, we want to thank everyone who uh, signed on this week, last week, anytime that you're listening to this. Thank you because you're allowing us to do what we love to do, which is talk about all this great comic stuff. Remember, guys, we do that. We don't. We, yeah, of course, we do this for us, but we don't need to set up a podcast for. I can just hang yeah, out with George. I can hang out with George Don and just talk about this stuff. But we do it for you because we want to hear your thoughts, your opinions. So send us your thoughts. Send us your questions. Send us anything you want at comicbookclick at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you have and bring them on to the next show. And uh, If there's over hundreds of questions, listen guys, I'm sorry if we can't get to everyone, <laughs> but we will try and do our best to listen to 
everyone in the comic book click universe. Yeah, but we are comic book click us and you guys. So we need your support. We need your help. And we will be there every step of the way to keep reviewing all this great comic book media. So you guys won't be there alone. I'm telling you. We become the greatest thing to come to comics in the future. I've been to the future. This is exactly what happens. But we need to get there, and we need your help to get there. So the last thing I'm going to ask of you guys, and you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm, I'm to be the sap. It was my birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. It was. It was my birthday yesterday. If you're listening to this and you care about major issues or uh, me at all, I asked for this as a birthday present. Go to iTunes. Rate and review us on iTunes. Please uh, give us any kind of rating you want. If you want to give me what I want, give us a five-star rating. But it's the quickest way that we can grow Guys, as podcasters. It's the cheapest birthday gift you can get somebody. It's, it's absolutely cheap and really, really fast, especially if you have an iPhone. But rate and review us. It's the quickest way for us to grow our audience. It's the quickest way for us to get feedback on our podcasting style. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters. So help us get where we need to go by giving us that input and do it. Do it for me. Do it for my birthday. I, th- I think that would be great. We got some great uh, reviews uh, so far, and hopefully we'll be able to read them on air soon. I know that we have great listeners in, like, Columbus, Ohio, of all places. Really? Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we got some listeners who come from uh, the UK. We got from all over the world, seemingly. So hopefully this keeps so you growing. You guys are beautiful. This is great. Yeah, it is great. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Ayana, Zaire, Malia, Little Jesse, Melissa, and Big Jesse, family members of mine that have done their part to spread the uh, the message of the major issues because we're all a family, regardless. Uh, and so. Keep doing your part. We'll keep doing ours. And hopefully you guys will be here for the next episode because I know we will. Uh, my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. This has been a complete Deadpool uh, breakdown, right? Breakdown just recap. A, just a, kind of a, a conversation to brush, brush everybody's memory up to speed before Friday. Exactly. Because remember, this guy, this guy, guys, this comes out on Wednesday. So Thursday really is when Deadpool yes. honestly comes out, so you could listen to this while you while you wait for to watch the movie. And when while you watch it, and guess what happens when you watch it? By the time you wait a couple of days, there'll be a full review on it, and so you can hear our views on that movie. So make sure you still you uh, tune into the next episode. But yeah, my name is George Serrano, aka the Don. This has been our Deadpool episode. I am Dan the Comic Man, and it has been great being here with you, George. Oh, it's, it's, great being with the comic book click. It's been amazing because even though we have major issues, because we always have major issues, we sit here. I'm just a guy talking to a guy. Wham! <laughs> Until we start talking about Logan. That I wish I could play Careless Whisper. Whisper at the end of this, but I can't. So, uh. <laughs> 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 Impromptu. You are worthy. You are worthy.